Today on Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan, I'm talking about vaginal rejuvenation procedures and going through all of the options from the least invasive to the most invasive. We'll learn all about it here today. Hi, and thanks for joining me on this week's episode of Sexually Woke. This is me, Dr. Susan, and today I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about vaginal rejuvenation procedures because I get tons and tons of questions about that. And there's lots of different ways to do this if it's something that you might want to do. So first of all, what does that even mean? Vaginal rejuvenation is a term that's kind of been thrown around in different ways, but we're talking about different ways to restore the tone of the vagina for women who've had vaginal deliveries or even women who've had C-sections. If you got to the end of labor and you were pushing for a while and the baby's head was down there in the vagina for a while, that's also going to cause muscle damage that can cause the sensation of vaginal relaxation. So for whatever reason, generally childbirth, either vaginal, most likely, or even sometimes C-section, we get damage to our pelvic support muscles. And that can present as a sensation of vaginal relaxation during intercourse, which doesn't feel good because we all know that we need to feel friction in order to have sensation in the vagina. And, And obviously this affects our male partners too. If we're in a heterosexual relationship, they need to feel friction as well, especially as we're getting on in years. Men often have ED or reduced sensation and need even more friction. So often it can get to be a little bit of a I won't call it a problem because it's not a problem. You're already perfect and you don't need to be fixed, but it can create a situation that's less than optimal where neither person is feeling as much as they used to or they want to. So that is why we came up with different ways to restore vaginal tone. So I'm going to go through the different ways that this can be done. I'll start with the least invasive and then move forward. And the things I'm going to talk about just to give you a heads up would be Number one, just simply pelvic floor physical therapy, just using your own muscles, tightening them just like you would if you're exercising to restore some tone. Super easy, doesn't require surgery. And I can talk to you about some ways that we can help you to do that. Number two would be vaginal laser, which is a little bit more invasive, but still doesn't require any downtime. Number three would be surgical tightening of the perineum or just the opening of the vagina, which is a relatively minor surgical procedure. And number four, the most invasive would be a surgical vaginoplasty, which is tightening the whole vagina from the outside all the way up to the top, which is where your cervix is if you have a uterus or the top of the vagina if you've had a hysterectomy. And so let's go through those one by one. So number one, uh, pelvic floor physical therapy. Most of us have tried or have done Kegel exercises, uh, which are exercises where we intentionally tighten the muscles of the pelvic floor. So I can tell you, I personally went to see a pelvic physical therapist because I was having some leakage of urine when I was exercising, which is one of the side effects of vaginal relaxation. And it's really hard to do pelvic physical therapy exercises according to the plan that your physical therapist will set up. I will tell you the truth. I was given a a very good regimen to do four times a day, and I failed the very first day because it's just hard to do. It's hard to get them in. The other thing is, you know, we're limited on what we can do with our own muscle strength, especially if we've got some pelvic floor weakness, which I had. 
we build up lactic acid very quickly and we just reach a point of exhaustion doing just three or four Kegel exercises. So these would be, if you have your fingers inside the vagina or something inside the vagina to grab onto, you would be squeezing your muscles around that thing. And it's actually very useful to have something in the vagina when you're practicing with this. So if I'm in the office and we're teaching patients how to do Kegels, I'll put my fingers in the vagina and ask the patient to squeeze my fingers. And it can be really tricky to get that mind-body connection. First, we sometimes clench our buttocks or squeeze out abdominal muscles, but just squeezing those pelvic floor muscles is, is pretty tricky. So it takes some practice. And then the best way to do it is just like if you're lifting weights, to go squeeze one, two, three, and hold, and then slowly release one, two, three, just like if you were doing like a slow bicep curl, and that is really hard. So if you went to a pelvic physical therapist, they may put you on a program where you did, say, several minutes of these four times a day, which would be great, but I will tell you it's quite difficult to do. So another way to help you to do this is uh, what we have in our office, and I absolutely love our Msella chair, E-M-S-E-L-L-A. It's an electromagnetic energy source underneath a chair. So you sit on this chair, looks like a chair, in your clothes, don't even need to get undressed. And then the machine shoots electromagnetic current up the vagina into the pelvic floor and causes your body to do thousands of Kegel exercises over a 30-minute period. So you can just be sitting there relaxing. You don't actually have to do anything, but the muscles are tightening due to the electrical stimulation. And one of the cool parts about that is that because the muscles are being externally stimulated, they don't build up lactic acid. So you don't reach a point of exhaustion or failure because you could never do this for 30 minutes on your own. So the recommended treatment, if you do the Mcella, is to do six 30-minute treatments. Most patients come about once a week. If you could do it twice a week, that would be even better, but I know we're all really busy. So once a week or so for six weeks, and uh, it has a very, very high success rate for curing or significantly diminishing stress incontinence, which is the type of leakage of urine that I was mentioning that we often get when we have relaxation of our pelvic muscles because the bladder, which is supported by the anterior vaginal wall, and the urethra, which is also supported by the anterior vaginal wall, sit down a little bit lower, especially when we cough or sneeze or laugh or jump because our abdominal muscles push the bladder and urethra down. So all of the treatments for stress incontinence are based on trying to strengthen that ceiling, so to speak, the top wall of the vagina. And so the Mcella chair does a really good job at strengthening our own muscles to support the bladder and urethra. So as well as that, by strengthening the muscles, it gives us a bit of a sensation of more vaginal tone because we're actually making those muscles stronger, just like if you lifted weights anywhere. Now, I had mentioned this is the least invasive of the four options, and it's also the least likely to work if you've got a severe problem with relaxation. So it would be a really good treatment for someone with minor relaxation or just some mild stress incontinence. But if you've got a you know, massively relaxed vagina from having four or five 10-pound babies, probably that's not going to be enough. And we may be having to move down the list to one of the more invasive treatments. But the Mcella chair is wonderful because you don't, look like I said, don't even have to get undressed. It only takes 30 minutes, no recovery, does thousands of Kegels, and you don't have to do anything. So pelvic physical therapy just got a little bit easier. So that's a great option. Um, and 
if you were coming in to be evaluated for vaginal relaxation or looking at a vaginal rejuvenation procedure, I would do your exam and see whether you would be a good candidate for that. And I always tell the truth. Sometimes you're not. Uh, but if you are a good candidate, we always want to start with the least invasive treatment option first. Uh, you never want to start with the most invasive first unless there's absolutely no other option. Lots of our patients have avoided surgery by having this uh, treatment done. I personally used to do several or more uh, surgeries a month for stress urinary incontinence, um, and now I hardly do any because we can treat most cases with this non-surgical approach and also tighten the vagina. So once again, just vaginal rejuvenation is about tightening the vagina for sexual pleasure and also about curing annoyances like urine leakage when you cough and sneeze, because that is really unbelievably annoying. And I can tell you that because I had it myself and now I don't have it anymore. And I have not had surgery. I just sat on that MCELA chair and also had a vaginal laser procedure done. So that brings me to the number two least invasive option for vaginal rejuvenation, which is vaginal laser. And we've talked about that quite a bit here, but just to refresh your memory, if you haven't heard, I use a particular brand called Juliet made by Qterra. There's several other good products out there, so the brand name's not so important. All of the big laser manufacturers have made a machine that does this very well. So there's one called Diva. There's an older one called Mona Lisa that also works well. We like Juliet just because that's what we like. Honestly, that's the one that I had done myself, so that's the one that I purchased for our office, and it, it works very, very well. So the Juliet laser is an erbium laser. You might know that lasers have different energy sources. So it doesn't much matter, but it's an erbium laser, which punches tiny little holes in the vagina. A probe goes into the vagina. We use a topical local anesthetic, so it's really not painful. It's just kind of like, we always say it's sort of like a woodpecker tapping you. It's a bit of annoying thumping feeling. So a probe goes in the vagina. The laser makes tiny little holes in concentric circles. Pop, 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 round in a circle. And then we come back out of the vagina. Pop, 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 around and around. Takes about eight minutes total and two passes. So by creating this intentional tissue damage, just like if you had a laser on your face or anywhere else, we're encouraging your body to come in with your own growth factors and stem cells to lay down more blood vessels, more healthy tissue, including more collagen. So if you can imagine laying down more collagen inside the vagina, it makes the vagina a little bit puffier on the inside. Now, we used to inject collagen and other things into the vagina, but any foreign substances obviously can have some potential side effects. But this is creating your own collagen, which is amazing. And now going back to the stress incontinence thing, if we put more collagen or if your body puts more collagen on the anterior vaginal wall, that's going to help support the bladder. It also creates healthier cells that produce more moisture. So vaginal laser was originally designed for helping women who have vaginal dryness, and it does an excellent job at that for patients who have dryness after menopause or after cancer treatment. So it's really great for that. But one of the side effects, and this has been around for about 15 years, so it was inadvertently discovered that women who had vaginal laser procedures frequently had an improvement in their stress incontinence, which was a really cool kind of surprise. It does help that for that reason, because we're putting more collagen in the anterior vaginal wall. The other thing that happens is we get more sensation on the anterior vaginal wall where we have that G-spot. Now, if we have one, and just to remind you if you haven't heard this already, about 50% of women 
never or hardly ever have an orgasm with vaginal intercourse. They just don't have a perception of that internal G-spot and just need external stimulation of the clitoris. So if you're one of those women, this probably isn't going to make it appear out of the blue. Some of us just have it and some don't. Nobody really understands why. But uh, either way, if your orgasms work, it doesn't much matter if they're vaginal or clitoral or both. But for women who have had vaginal orgasms in the past and then after childbirth or just getting older with menopause and hormonal change, if you've noticed that the sensations decreased or that you've lost the perception of the G-spot, this can really help it to return. And that actually happened to me. When I was in my 20s, I could have vaginal orgasms all day long. And then after I had kids, I just really couldn't feel anything in there anymore. And it was super disappointing and, you know, really sad. I just felt like that part of me was gone. But with the laser and also with platelet-rich plasma that I'll mention again, that came back. So that's very exciting. And that happens for a lot of women. So uh, vaginal laser procedures are usually recommended. What we recommend is doing three procedures a month apart. So obviously from beginning to end, that would be a total of two months. The recovery is, I mean, you can drive yourself home. You can go to the gym. It's a little bit annoying because you have discharge that lasts for about five to seven days. So most of us don't have intercourse during that time because it's just kind of messy and gross, but uh, you can do anything you want to. So they're very short recovery. It's sometimes slightly uncomfortable, but nothing that you have to take a day off work for or anything of that nature. And then many patients notice a big improvement even after the first treatment. Uh, This happens all the time where patients will come in for their second treatment and they're already saying, oh my gosh, like the last couple of weeks, sex was so much better. Or one of my patients said, Her husband said he felt like he was cheating on her because her vagina felt so different. So just cute things like that happen all the time. But the maximum benefit happens about a month after the last treatment because it does take time for that collagen to build. So about three months to get the maximum benefit from the start to the end. But again, no surgery, no downtime. It just takes a short time in the office. So it's like a regular appointment. You don't have to miss much time of work. Now, when we do laser in our office and many doctors do the same. We always use platelet-rich plasma along with it, which you guys probably know by now is your own blood, which we draw, we spin it down, get rid of the red and white cells. So we've got dense plasma that's packed with platelets. So when you've had the laser procedure, we put platelet-rich plasma in the vagina and it's able to soak down into those little channels. And that does really improve uh, the healing time And it brings in more of your body's stem cells and growth factors. It just really accelerates that process. And then while you're doing that, we usually recommend injecting some of the PRP into the clitoris and the G-spot as well. And that's what's branded as the O-shot, orgasm shot. Some very clever doctor, Charles Reynolds, patented that brand name. And so we use that in our office and do recommend that along with laser. You get some tightening, you get some improvement of stress incontinence, some sensation improvement, and then also, of course, some more moisture, which is a really cool combo with the laser and don't need to have surgery. So then again, now that might not be enough for a patient who's got a very, very relaxed vagina, you know, from having lots of big babies or just from genetics. Sometimes our muscles are not as strong as, as other people's. I've seen patients who've had one five pound baby and have like a lot of pelvic floor damage and other women who've had three 10 pound babies and the vagina looks great and toned. So some of it's just good luck and good genes. 
But if I do your exam and really the relaxation is a little bit more than we can treat with uh, pelvic physical therapy and laser, then I might recommend one of the surgical procedures. And the least invasive one is called a perineal repair, the area between the vagina and the rectum. We call that the perineum. I know there's lots of other names for it, but that's the medical name for it. And tightening that area alone can really help the sensation on entrance to the vagina. Now, it's not going to tighten the whole vagina. It only goes about an inch or two up into the vagina. So the benefit of that is it's much easier to recover from. The downside is it's not going to give you the benefit of a full vaginoplasty, but it does just tighten the opening. Uh, For example, if you had a episiotomy that broke down, or if you did not have an episiotomy and they just really stretched the heck out of your muscles and that perineal muscle called the transverse perineal muscle got so stretched or even broken that you don't have any tone on the outside. That's a very simple surgery that can make the outside of the vagina tight again. And it also gives it that youthful appearance. And I know who's looking, but if you are looking or someone's looking down there, when we lose that perineal muscle, it does uh, give us, you know, a, a certain appearance that may not be aesthetically ideal to you. You can kind of see the vagina, it's open, and this gives it that nice closed appearance and gives that nice tight muscle on the outside. And that's all it will do, which is great for patients who just need that. But of course, it's not going to treat stress incontinence, and it's not going to tighten the vagina all the way up to the top. But it's a really great option for patients that just you know, want a little tightening on the outside, or maybe they have a cosmetic appearance that they don't love from from having babies. And sometimes the episiotomy doesn't heal in a pretty way and all those things that we know about. And then the last option, which is a vaginoplasty, that's tightening the whole vagina. Now, it would include tightening the perineum. So that's part of a vaginoplasty that comes with it. And then also, as well as tightening the perineum, it tightens the muscles all the way up to the top of the vagina, which would be where your cervix is or where the top of the vagina is if you've had a hysterectomy. And it could be on just the posterior side, which is the side close to the rectum, the bottom, where you would have the episiotomy, that side. Or it can also include the top side that supports the bladder, and that would depend on your exam and your symptoms. For example, if your bladder has dropped down through a hole in the ceiling, so to speak, because those muscles have separated and you're leaking urine when you cough and sneeze, I would definitely recommend treating the anterior side and the posterior side. But we always treat the posterior side because that's where the great majority of valvaginal tone comes from. Now, I'll tell you something really important. If you're looking for doctors to do this surgery, I have seen, I can't even tell you how many patients who have seen somebody, generally not a gynecologist, to have a vaginoplasty, and they thought they had a vaginoplasty, that's what they were told, and uh, they have noticed that they don't have the tightness that they wanted, and they'll come and see me for an opinion, and what actually happened is they just had a perineal repair. The doctor did not go all the way up the vagina. It's very, very unlikely that a non-gynecologist is going to go all the way up the vagina because they're not trained to operate in the vagina. So someone like me, who's been doing vaginal surgery for 22 years, I'm very comfortable operating in the vagina. So you have to be careful and make sure that whoever's doing this surgery does the surgery that you need, because so many times doctors say they're doing a vaginoplasty, and they're not. They're doing a perineal repair. And, you know, 
patients generally are not educated enough to know the difference and to ask the right questions about how high up are we going to go. So you could simply ask the doctor that if they're going to go all the way to the top. And one little tip is if they're doing it under local anesthetic or just with nitrous oxide or something like that, you are not having a full vaginoplasty. That is a significant surgery that would require general anesthesia for sure. So if you're not having general anesthesia, you're not having a vaginoplasty. I would say that almost without exception, it would be impossible to do without general anesthesia. It's like a tummy tuck for your vagina. You need to go to sleep and it takes about two hours. So be careful and make sure you're having the procedure that you need. But a surgical vaginoplasty is an amazing procedure for someone who is probably not going to get benefit from the physical therapy and laser or not going to get enough benefit because the muscles have been so stretched that they're literally separated and they need to be surgically sewn back together. So if your muscles are actually separated, then, you know, Kegels and laser, unfortunately, are not going to fix that. Just like if you had a hernia in your abdominal wall, you know, you can't fix it by doing sit-ups. So sometimes surgery is necessary, but not all the time. So the first step is to have a really good exam and see which of those options is the best for you. And sometimes you can do more than one, but of course we always want to start with the least invasive. So just a review, we've got four different things we can do. Pelvic physical therapy, which I recommend doing with some electrical stimulation because it's just practically impossible to do it by yourself because I tried. And number two, we can do vaginal laser with platelet-rich plasma. Number three, tightening just the opening, which is called a perineal repair. And number four, doing a perineal repair plus a vaginoplasty, always in the back, but sometimes with the front as well, meaning the top or the bladder side, depending on your symptoms. And what's the result of all this? Well, the goal is that we can get some more friction back in the vagina so that you can have enhanced pleasure with sex, because that's really fun, that you can feel the G-spot again if you historically used to, that your partner gets more friction as well, because that's fun for everybody. And often it just gives us more self-confidence because a lot of women... And we can say that culture shouldn't say this, but a lot of women, just because of cultural ideals, uh, feel embarrassed, ashamed, have some fear around the idea that their vagina is too loose. And, And I understand that fear. And we can say all day long that we should love our bodies as they are. And I totally agree with that idea. But there is a point where, um, you know, having a loose vagina is problematic for the patient, for you and your partner. And so there's nothing wrong with seeking out one of these procedures if you want to enhance your sexual pleasure and your self-confidence. So now you're all super educated about vaginal rejuvenation. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please subscribe and comment and share. And I will talk to you next week. 